And we are back with another episode of Wicked 101. As always, I am your host, Defect, and I'm very, very excited to announce my guest for tonight is the legendary Insane Poetry. I had to go crazy on the air horns, man. This motherfucker is an OG. I mean, as OG as OG could be. Dude, like this motherfucker started back in 1988 rhyming, man. So there's going to be some crazy knowledge dropped tonight. I can only imagine, man. I, I, I got a lot of cool questions for him, and uh, I can't really, I, I can't wait to dive into this shit, man. Um, what can you say about fucking insane poetry, man? I mean, he's been around for so long, man. He, he's, he's worked with so many big artists. He's dropped a ton of music, man. Like... I've been exploring this catalog uh, a little deeper, and uh, holy shit, man. Like, that motherfucker, he's got some bangers, man. Some motherfucking bangers. You know what I'm saying? Look, we coming to you live and direct from an abandoned school in Detroit. If you ain't, if you ain't seen the show before, here's what's going down. Wicked 101 is all about schooling you on the history of the wicked shit, man. You know? Because, uh... There's a, there's a lot of history there that I don't want to get lost in the sauce. And insane poetry is a big, big part of uh, the underground wicked shit history. So I'm really, really excited to have him on the show tonight. We're going to take some calls a little bit later. Um, starting out, we're just going to... Uh, here's, here's what we're going to do. I think I think we got him on the line now. Uh, I, I'm here. Are we, do we got him on the line? Okay, they're telling me we got him on the line. Uh, so I'm going to make sure he's ready to go. We're going to play... Um, we're gonna play a, a video uh, real quick. You feel me? We're gonna play. Uh, I forget which one I got queued up here, but we are gonna play a video, and then we're gonna come back with insane poetry. We got him live on the uh, on the TV over here, man, and uh, he's coming in live via Skype. So I'm gonna quit rambling. We're gonna play this video, and uh, we'll be right back with insane poetry on Wicked 101. Share this motherfucker. Tell your friends, man. God damn it. Killing it out here, yo! And we are back on Wicked 101. I see you, but we don't hear you yet. Or no, I wait. We hear you. We hear you, but I don't see. You. Hold on. We'll just get. You know what, man? I'm, I'm working on like 12 things. There we go. There we go. Now we see him. What up, man? How you what living tonight, up, bro? What's good? Look, I'm man. Good, man. I love that shirt you're wearing. Oh, hell yeah, that's, man. That's what my. That's one of my favorite IP joints too, man. That that one's the, my one of my favorite ones. Look, I had to represent, man. You know how we do. Yes, sir. What's going down, man? How you feeling tonight, man? What's uh, what's what's? Man, I'm, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm in the lab. You know, that's always uh, always the you know the safe haven, man. That's the creative spot. So yeah, I, I'm 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 good. A lot of things popping off and everything like that. So there's a lot of things lately have been uh very positive. Fuck yeah, man! Very positive. You you are the grind king, man. Like you you've been doing this so fucking long, man. Like how, how do you stay motivated to keep grinding, man? Like what what is the driving force behind insane poetry? I think, bro. I just I never I kind of you know when I do a project or whatever, I feel like I don't live in the project after I'm done with it. You know what I mean? I it's. It goes for whatever time it goes, and I'm on to the next thought process or the next thing. And it's just, just with 
the creative process of music making and stuff like that. Um, the actual grind, I love doing it. I mean, you know, it's now obviously it's uh, it's a source of income. It's and but at the same time, it's just it's something I've probably done since I've slid out the womb. So you know, I right. feel like I was birthed in that. I, I always tell people I felt like I slid out the birth canal of music. You know, so right. That's real shit. I mean, basically, I mean, you've been doing it since I was fucking before I was even in kindergarten, I think. I mean, holy shit. That's crazy yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you grew up uh, in Los Angeles, is that right? Or you were you were at least born yes, in sir. Los Angeles, right? Yeah, uh, Cerritos, California, to, 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 to bring it, you know, to get it to a, um, a, um, a specific, you know, closer element. Yeah, specific. And I went to Cerritos High School and uh, out there... Um, yeah, man, uh, Cerritos High School, California. That was like on the outskirts of Los Angeles, right a borderline of Orange County. So um, we got, we probably we pretty much got hip hop through radio stations. One of a popular radio station out there by the name of KDAY, and um, you know that's how I got, you know, really got to hear it on on radio on, on the underground level, actually. And, you know, I did I did a little research, and on your Wikipedia page, it says that you actually yes, were, were a disc jockey there for a while. Is that right? Uh, yes, um, a mix master, actually. Oh, I used okay. to DJ at one time, yeah. And that I would, DJed at one time. That, that was before you started rapping? Yeah, real, for real. Before I started rapping, I was a DJ, yep. So how, how did you... What... What made what made you pick up the mic? I guess is what I'm getting at, man. Like, what what? How did you transition from, uh, you know, radio DJ to or mix master to, uh, you know, to the to the mic? Okay, well, you know, um, actually, I actually had did a a a contest. I always I was always into to writing. I just never put it together. Um, I saw one of my homeboys at school. He, he's an old school dude by the name. Uh, um, um, I can't think of it. Uh, Jesus Christ! Right, right on my name. It, it just he just Shane the Madman. Okay, his name is Shane the Madman, and there's this dude from the East Coast. Right, he he would come to our school and he battled everybody. And he was an East Coast dude. He had the uh, the East Coast lingo. Everything was easy. This and that. And so he battled my, my dude at school and he had those kind of uh, kid and play type rhymes at one time and he got served in front of everybody. Right. And so the next next week, dude came back to battle again, the same dude, and he had changed his format into this horror thing. And um, it was me and this other dude that actually adapted it all together. We all really did get it together. He, he murdered the dude with the style and it was like that's what my family was into you know even when i was a kid they watched that shit so that's how i actually got into the horror horror you know just horror movies and stuff like that right. um i didn't i didn't start off actually rapping horror horror to begin with to be real honest with you right. you know I, I did dj for a little bit i had some dj fame with with the radio station out there kday shout out to greg mack a lot of the um a lot of your uh, certain, certain artists that uh, was DJs for big artists like Tone Loke, um, DJ uh, M Walk, he was uh, part of that. 
uh, DJ Joe Cooley, Rodney O. Joe Cooley, who you know who I was rolling with. Uh, DJ Bobcat was uh, with LL Cool J. They all came from this this group of DJs, or, and I was more of a turntablist, and we were called K Day Mix Masters. And you know, and um, what happened was I always liked to rap. I just never got the chance to explore that because DJs, I think, was the bigger thing at the time on the West Coast. You, you, it was, right. it was a, it was just a different, it was a different, different time, time at yeah. that moment. I guess I don't know, but what happened? How I got to that transition was I was in at a at a uh, at a show I was DJing, and it was a a, a, a DJ, or it was a rap battle, and I said, "Well, hell, why don't I just get into it?" You know. What the hell? Let me give it a I shot. I ended up getting it and winning. Oh, you got you won the, that first rap battle. Yeah, I run my I, I, I won my first rap battle. I always knew I could do it. I always knew. I just didn't know that what 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 made me what made me go from DJing to rapping was that night because everybody that was there was there for the dude that was they knew. Right and. He lost to me, and that was his fans. <laughs> right. So they, you know, and he wasn't bad, bro. And so it let me know that it, it let me know I had something. Right. So right. It, it really, it, you know. So I, I started honing in with that. So uh, that was like early, early, you know, way early, way before I met uh, some of the guys. That's uh, you know, you'll you'll see in my bio there. <laughs> yeah, DJ streaks. And the MDs and stuff like that. So, so you started out kind of basically solo, uh, doing doing yeah. like freestyle battles and stuff. Then, right? Um, uh, or or is that just kind of a one time thing? That you know, you know, that was that was something that um, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't call it was a one time thing. It was like because we would go everywhere and just rap because how I met MD was through. Some other dudes through Shakespeare actually is how I met as Shakespeare and MD was from Chicago. They happened to be at Disneyland and they brought they had another dude that was um, from Brooklyn or from Flatbush, Brooklyn. It was all there and they just start rapping and I just happened to walk up on them and I'm like, you know, let me figure out, let me see who who they are. These two got the battling and me and old dude, me and Shakespeare got the battling. We felt like we rapped more or less like the same and we all ended up kicking it and and everything blossomed from there but you know uh basically the from my origination of it yeah it was solo and then uh correct me if i'm wrong before you did uh insane poetry uh you had a group called his majesty is that right and uh, that, is, that is right that is correct that is correct and and you uh That's who all was who all was in that group with you uh his Majesty, me and uh, Shakespeare, the One Man Riot. That's that's my man's right there. This is a. Uh, I'll explain Shakespeare. I, I have to. Shakespeare to me, he looked like the Kwame niggas back in the day with the with the with the flat top <laughs> and the polka dots. He right. was a nigga that that he he did house music. He liked house shit, right? Right. But he sound LL. Like he, he, right. his throat, and he he was a he was a, he was like a pit bull on a mic, right? And that's and he's the one that had me kind of like we kind of crafted each other. Well, he crafted me. He made, there's no question about it. He had this 
this way of delivery and he always taught it he taught me it was like from the diaphragm and you had a voice so if you could really use that to your benefit you know well you're obviously i was young but we were just rapping without mics and going and battling people we didn't care right you're kind of honing your craft so to speak exactly we were hungry we was hungry man you know you see you you know you watch the mtvs back in the day yo mtv raps and all that stuff like that you was you know, we was hungry kids, bro, trying to trying to get it in, you know, by all means, because I sacrificed a lot of shit even back then to start even to get known on the West Coast. Because I, I, not on the West Coast was hard because it was hard to even get known, period, period. If you was from the West Coast getting love, you know, across, you know, nationwide. Right. It wasn't fucking with the West Coast like that. Right. So uh, it was just you and Shakespeare and, and His Majesty then? And yeah, that's, that's who it was at the time, yeah. And you... Uh, what was the um was there was there a full release for that or was it uh was it just some singles or like what 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 happened with that um we had we had some singles definitely um it was a 12 inch single we dropped at a at a from a swap meet in in uh southern california called uh, norwalk indoor um we had dropped the record out of there and uh it was um a little thing we pressed up and it was uh nine millimeter and a song called crushing drums but we ended up redoing it going to chicago and and we uh laced it there there and then we got it when we came back to california we ended up getting a deal with egyptian lover records and we released armed and dangerous after that but yeah, uh, crushing drums was actually our friend nine millimeter with a thirteen clip. That was our own thing we did up out of uh, Norwalk Indoor. That we that we it originated from there, and then we took it and uh, went to Chicago, crafted that, and that's what got everything started from there. Me and Shakespeare went and uh, did a deal with uh, with Egyptian uh, Egyptian Lover Records at the time, or Egyptian Empire Records, right. That's how, you know, I, I learned about Rodney L. Joe Cooley. Egyptian was a, a, used to be a DJ too. So he went from DJing to becoming, you know, to owning his own label, obviously. And, right. And, uh, and support. Hey, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but you, you, uh, oh. you keep, uh, like when you, when you sit up forward, your, your head kind of gets cut off there. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there, okay. there, there you go. All right. Work. Yeah. I was, I was right, like, work. I was like, man, I don't, does he realize his eyes are getting cut off, man? I don't know. But that, that's, that's better. No, no. As well. Okay, we're we're good. So, uh, so His Majesty kind of um, what what happened after that? Like, you guys, what? Why isn't His Majesty still kicking it today? Like, what's what's the story behind well, that? You know, um, it was, it's funny because me and his style was kind of technically like, you know, we wanted to craft it Run DMC with an LL flavor to it, more aggressive up front in your face type of deal. Running them were more party. We were more aggressive, less. Let's you know kill the stage, bring that aggression type of shit to the stage. Right. Um, I started like I said, I was in a horror movie, so I w- I went one way, and he kind of went another way. I mean, it was it was almost natural progression. It's funny because Shakespeare is a is a uh, is has his own ministry, is doing really well for himself. He's doing um, a lot of good things for his you know for everywhere around the community and stuff like that salute to Shakespeare uh, uh, and everything he's been doing in his life and, and his family and they're all blessed in music so I got nothing but love for uh, that guy that guy t- is 
part of the reason why I'm even able to sit here and do it for as long as I do because he's still out strong doing it. He just got a different path than I do. Right, 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 right. Just doing doing something totally different. Um, right, right. So, so then it kind of evolved into insane poetry, and originally it wasn't just you by yourself, right? Like originally there, there was a bit more of a lineup. Is that like how? how... No, that's that. Not actually, it started off being me because. Um, okay. The actual part of the name derived from another artist that was with Roddy L. Joe Cooley. His name was General Jeff. He, he just kept saying, he's like, because I was going by a name, the name Drew Rock at the time, uh, a, a graffiti name, because I got I used to be in the graffiti art. And uh, I, and uh, he, he just liked the way I rap. He said, man, you got insane poetry. And I'm like, that's dope. That's dope. And I instead of me, because I had my boys with me, instead of me saying, this is insane poetry, me alone, I'll say this is insane poetry. I'll I'll bring you two in, and it'll be insane poetry because I don't want to do it without you guys. But right. basically, the whole idea was derived from this man, and then the idea of the record was derived from my my head. And I brought these people in to to give it that that extra, the extra. But really, that that's that's probably why. Um, at the beginning, you do see three people because it really, I mean, DJ Street plays his, played his part. MD does play his part. They, it's, it was what made the Grim Reality album and presentation work. I believe I would never take anything from that. What, uh, the, so the first single was uh, 12 Strokes to Midnight, right? Uh, for Insane Poetry, no. The first, uh, the 12 Strokes to Midnight actually, well, my, my jumping, I'm jumping around, ain't I? It was a, yeah. <laughs> technically, that was a His, His Majesty record. Okay. All right. Technically, that was a His Majesty record. Got you. Um, so, so Grim Reality, let's, let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, I mean, it's an underground classic, obviously. You know, what, what can I say about that? I mean, it speaks for itself. It, it has that gritty vibe from back in the early 90s you know what i mean like that shit that was coming out of the west coast it has that vibe but then it's got you just these murderous raps over it you know what i mean like it's just it's so dope um what uh how are you with with, with with an album that was like so different like that how were you guys able to get like people behind it and get the backing that you got on that album because it went on to sell what 35,000 copies something like that or maybe even more than that all of a sudden done um, originally well okay that, there's here's the thing is that the timing of of how SoundScan was doing things back in the day and and uh, that record there was a lot of records that weren't counted a lot of records that weren't counted but um, like hand to hand sales and shit like show, yeah, um, it was more the record. The, the record sold more upwards towards the seventy grand range, the seventy k range. Okay, which which is cool. I, I I know the facts behind it, so I, it's cool. Whatever the numbers are to me, I really don't really don't trip that at, at all. Right. Um, um, but it was a it was a different record, and, and they didn't know how to get behind it the right way. I'm just going to be honest with you. Shout out to Nasty Mix for even doing it, but they is they had never heard anything like it because we sent them How You Gonna Reason With a Psycho, 
and they were already getting a lot of flax from that you know from different college outlets that they were getting love for Sir Mix-a-Lot from they were getting love from you know some of their other artists from but they were you know even Rodney O and Joe Cooley was getting love through those outlets but when they dropped How You Gonna Reason With a Psycho those outlets were very not happy with the content so right um, but they relate like the record but when we sent them the album and told them to turn off the lights and listen to the album top to bottom they didn't know what to do with the record from that moment I knew the record wasn't gonna get the proper what it what it supposed to get but you know here we are you know over 25 years later and I'm still existing and that record is the reason you know is the is the is the you know the genesis of it so I'm 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 very happy about it but they didn't I wish they would have you know they would have had more positive energy behind it but it's kind of hard when when something is so against the grain is like maybe we don't have the, the uh the budget for that you know and i understand the business end of it and everything now right right you know I, they just probably didn't have the budget to actually push that vision right <clears throat> especially if you were getting backlash right off the top right like we don't even get the record out we're already getting flack for this right yeah right right yeah i mean i can see that for sure um so my so my my other thought is you know you got um you know i grew up in michigan you know what i mean and uh uh specifically mid michigan i was i was like an hour north of saginaw two and a half hours north of detroit you know what i mean and um okay i found the wicked shit like in 1995 you know i was like probably 13 or some shit you know and uh i started looking for groups you know, uh, like once I found ICP and Twisted, you know, and House of Crazies and all that, I started just looking for groups. And um, it's 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 crazy, man, because it was so saturated in Michigan, you know, that I didn't even I, I didn't even get to to insane poetry. I'm being real with you, like like it was um, like it, I never found it, you know, just as a as a as a teenager in Michigan, you know what I mean? But you were out there doing shit. And there was a whole other scene going on. My, my point is, like, in Michigan, it was oversaturated with ICP, Esham, House of Crazy, Simpkin Heights. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was so much yeah. going on that I probably didn't even get to all the shit that was going on in Michigan. You know what I mean? Let alone some of this other shit when I was when I was still a kid. So I didn't I didn't start fucking with you until you know probably the 2000s, like 2003 and shit. You know what I mean? Um, around the Faith right, and Chaos right. era, you know what I mean? When uh, I was I, when I was starting out, you know, my career, you know what I mean? And uh, I remember seeing you at um, the gathering. I think it was 2007. And uh, I, I think it was 2008. Was it 2008? I, I don't. I don't. I might have the dates wrong. Either way, yeah, the, I, yeah. the the point is either I, one. Either one. I, I I think I went up a couple sets before you, maybe a day before. I don't remember the specifics, but all I remember is you went up there, and I, I will never forget you rocking. Uh, how you gonna reason with a psycho? That was just like, holy shit! This dude is the truth, man. Like, and and I guess I don't. I, don't, I know I'm rambling here, but my my point is like. I had to, I was always like, man, I need to check out this dude's catalog. You know what I mean? Like, I earmarked it. Like, that. this is something I need to do. And, uh, well, fuck it, man. I mean, and then, and then I, I heard you on the, uh, the KGP album, you know? Uh, 
And I said, like, fuck, I need to check out this dude's catalog. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like on and on. And I just never got to it until really recently where I, I really dived in. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. There's just there's just so much shit, man. So um, I guess my point is to get to the question that I'm, 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 I'm trying to get to is Isham was doing his thing. ICP was doing their thing. Everybody was doing their thing. How, how do you think that this... I mean, did you find Esham and stuff before you started going in that darker direction, or were you were you kind of just doing it yourself and um, basically started the genre, the West Coast style? You know what I mean? Like I like when I think about the Wicked, oh, yeah. I, I think I think of Michigan. Oh, no, you know what I mean? No question about it. I hadn't heard of Esham when I was doing my thing at all. Right. I hadn't heard of Esham, Brother Lynch. I hadn't heard of anybody. It was just I was doing that shit from high school. This is pretty much that's that was the Taylor style. I kind of channeled it down a little bit because a certain yeah, I was rapping with another artist that wasn't really doing it like that. So we you know we had that bout where we didn't do it, but I I, I went heavily into it right after me and him went opposite direction. Right. So I hadn't heard, and I hadn't heard anybody do it to be honest with you. Do you think? Do you that's think not, it exists? I just hadn't heard it. Right, right. That's exactly what I'm talking about, though. It's like, you know, locationally, like, we didn't have the fucking internet to, like, oh, let me see what Insane Poetry is all about. You know what I'm saying? It just wasn't there. You know, the infrastructure right, right, to, cool. like, to, you know. It, it, so my, my point is pre-internet. How in the fuck do you think uh, that around the same time period, this genre kind of evolved in its own way, like, in two different directions? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you, do you think right. it was a sign of the times uh, of what was going on? In the in the hood, I guess you know, because like you know, uh, or, or do you think that it uh, there was some other reason why it was able to be come into fruition in two different locations uh, uh, at, the, at the same time? You know, I think uh, I know it's a deep know, and it's, long it's, question. It's, it's, a, it's a sort of level. Yeah, I think I think horrorcore is a sort of level of. Uh, or even before the term horrorcore was invented, shout out to the Flatliners because they deserve all the credit for that. But I just think that that mentality of writing dark stuff and using horror-themed uh, attributes probably, for me, it attributed back to my my mom and them love horror. They, they would take us to drive-ins. I saw them as a fucking kid when, you know, you had the fuck when I was a, a baby. I, not a baby, but a young boy with pajamas on with the little slick bottoms the onesies we'd be sitting there and we'd watch that shit at the drive-ins with them they had no problem with us doing that so i've been i've been doing that for that long of time i would believe that people that i've met probably just had the same attraction to the shit you know and the you know the king gordies and the and the Eshams, like Esham, his shit is on a whole different level than anybody else's i've ever heard absolutely you know? and absolutely uh, just like Lynch's, I believe I, I just do it different than everybody. I, I I guess we all have our own little twist to it, you know. But I, I, well, you know, I, I hadn't heard of those guys when, when I was doing it, but I was still developing style, so I could never say, hey, you know, um, my style was that. My I, I think I, I think some artists were really dope when I first heard them. I don't know how they first started off. I know when I did, I wasn't as sharp. I wasn't as sharp as, as on my delivery and pen as I am now. I know that. I can hear that when some of the shit you're playing. I'm like, oh, maybe I could have done this a little bit better. 
Yeah, we, we all I'm evolved, always, though. Always and that's probably another thing that keeps me going fresh in it because I'm super critical about my shit all the time. You always got to sharpen the saw, man, you know, and, uh, you know, keep evolving because you, you don't ever want to put out the same record twice, you know what I mean? No. Well, no. And, and you haven't. I mean, so uh, speaking of which, moving on to, like, the next stage, you know, Black Plague was the next record, right? After after Girl right, Reality. Right. Yes, yes, sir. What, um... Uh, it took, uh, what was it, like four years for that album to come out after Grim Reality is at Roundabout? My, I, look, man, my, my specifics are wrong, but the, the thing is, man, I am a student of my of my own class, man. I'm, I'm a student of my own class. No, no, no worries. No worries at all, man. I, not, oh, uh, October 92 was the Grim Reality, and I think 94 was the original Black Plague. Now, far as it hitting any market I think we put it out on, on on Grim Reality Entertainment me and JP put that out like years later but the original version of that record was done two years after Grim Reality gotcha okay um, why do you think it sounded so different I mean obviously you want to do something different but it, uh how did you guys take it to that next level and, and, and evolve in the way that it, it did? Do you have any insight to that? Were you were you even uh, did you have your hand in the production? You know of, of of these records, or were you just MC? You know. Okay. Well, the, the first album, actually, Grim Reality, I actually produced ninety eight percent of it. Okay. Uh, two two of the tracks were produced by Joe Cooley. Shout out to you, Joe Cooley. Uh, Joe Cooley and Shout out to my dudes, the KMC, who are, you know, one of the originators from the West Coast. Also, they were the first artists who did horror, horror style of music or horror style of concept rap and their stuff that got a major deal. They they got a deal on Capitol. And that was before I even got my deal. So, yeah, they, they actually were. I, shout out to them, brothers. Uh, Rock, TDOG, Poison Ivy. Had to give them a huge shout out. And, um, but um, as you were saying again, I'm sorry, I got I just got caught up in that thought process. No, I was just talking about why why it was uh, <laughs> so different, you know, and like uh, you know what the what the production was, you know, what it was involved in the production of it, and you know, uh, you know, just how just how the music evolved over time, you know what I mean? Just it's basically it's it's more of a, just a, a talking point than a question specifically, I guess, you know. For, for me, well, the first album, like I said, I did 98 percent of it, and I like what I was doing at that time but coming from the west coast I was actually looking for more of a sound that was gonna get my shit heard more on an expanded level so I started searching seeking out cause I, I wasn't able to make those type of tracks I can make backpack sound and boom bap music all day but I couldn't make that that sound that I was looking for right so um I just started finding other art, uh, other producers that that just happened to be doing the same thing. A shout out to uh, uh, my boy Lumberjack. Uh, Lumberjack actually produced. Uh, you don't, uh, not you don't hear me though. But um, oh, I enjoyed it. Mm, I have to think about it right now. But it was it was on the uh, best of album. Also, I had it on a B side of a Rodney on Joe Cooley song too. 
You better ask somebody. That's it. That's the track. I've done so many, so much music, bro. Is like <laughs> I'm so like I'm already. I'm just so far thinking of what the new shit I'm yeah, doing right yeah, now. Yeah. It's so hard to like on the fly remember this shit. That's why. That's but, why yeah. I'm trying to keep this history alive, man. Because the the artists themselves are forgetting the shit. You know what I mean? So right. No, I, no, that's that's true shit. That's that's hella. That's hey, man. I appreciate that shit. But look, real shit. Look, shout man. Out to, shout out to you, Matt and Eminem. Right, word. Right. Fuck yeah, man. I mean, Eminem's killing it, man. Uh, I, I think it's the shit that. You know they they've given me this platform to school their fan base essentially you know uh, because the thing is the thing is man like you know i I look at like um guys like me that were there back in the 90s that know you know but i don't don't know all your history because i was in michigan you know following the history going on you know what i'm saying so like i I, I, like i said i'm I'm a student of my own class and uh I, i love hearing about this shit like netflix had that uh evolution of hip-hop or whatever it was I, I, I ate that shit up man just listen to all these stories and and uh it's just specifically the wicked shit like i, I really uh i really love hearing this so hey man whatever whatever you can divulge uh is that the right word you know to, to school these motherfuckers you know that that's what it's about so. <laughs> um, real real shit man so um okay so i don't want to i don't want to stick on any one topic too long you know but um that album you, you had uh how how was the the second album received you said you, you did about seventy thousand on the first album how was the second album received like was it were they more welcoming to it by that well time? here's the thing it was later in the no see that's the whole thing um the reason why the second album was done and never put out there was a whole bunch of a lot of things a lot of things started to, to change back in those days um i went from doing it solo to actually getting going going back and forth with street shit <laughs> it was like it really took a toll on producing record getting the record out because there was no financial support right after that i mean you got to think this label had done i don't know how much how many records they sold with uh sir mix a lot it's fucking ridiculous in my mind. right or on a sales, stupid. you know, just uh, stupid money. Un- unfortunately, man, you know, they didn't know what to do my, with my record. I didn't move enough units for that to be even a situation. So that narrative never went any further. So I tried going through other sources. The Black Plague album actually went through. Um, first of all, it went through React Records which was a, a, a record label that Rodney O had, had had found and was working with. The guy that ran the label, his wife actually was a Bond lady from the uh, James Bond movies. Right. She was an actual, from, uh, was it Roger Moore? No, not, not Roger Moore. Who's the one before Roger? Uh, Sean Connery, yes. Right. So she played in a few of, a few of his movies, but her husband actually owned this company. Okay. Her son used to, Chevrolet commercials and stuff like that. So he he had loot, and he didn't know what to do with us either. But we were working on this record through his uh through his record label. We actually got the record done, and through scenarios that just didn't work out contractual wise, we parted ways. But we had to we got to keep the masters. On nice. So up, up past that point, you're we're putting it out with low 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 budgeting. 
And right. so obviously without a platform, we already know now without certain platforms, you're just not heard no matter how dope you are. Right. For sure. Um, okay. So in that same time period, you know, you, uh, I believe that was around the same time that, um, you started fucking with vanilla ice, right? Uh, wait, wait, ha, ha, tell me, tell me that story. Like, how did that come about? And, um, uh. You know, uh, I know that uh, OKAS was originally um, was a hard to swallow, uh, and then it came out on Faith and Chaos later on without Vanilla Ice. Am I am I am I saying this right? Um, like, just tell me that story. Like, I want I want to I want to hear all, all that. You know, I think that's interesting. All right, all right. Let's start off. Uh, shout out to Vanilla Ice, regardless. Uh, Robert Van Winkle. I'm going to say this to, to even kick this off. Without Robert Van Winkle's name attached to this, there's no, there's really not a lot of energy involved around it. But I'll tell you, this is how I ended up having any kind of you know, uh, work with uh, Vanilla Ice to be able to work with the guy. Um, we, I was I was living with Rodney O and Joe Cooley on the West Coast, and we were going to 7-Eleven Live. Just right down the street, we were staying in the valley. Uh, San Fernando Valley It's walking up the street and we decided to go check out the magazine section and we pull up to see what the, the artists are doing you know West it's West Coast how all that shit, you're just into that shit at the time and we read Rodney o, or we, we read this article on Vanilla Ice and his favorite rapper is Rodney o and Joe Coley and he started naming off songs we're like oh shit he's saying this in his magazine so Rodney's got at his management, which was Tommy Kwan, told him, hey, you know, we'd like to work with you guys in the future. And they were like really down with it right off the top. So they ended up flying us out to work on a Vanilla Ice album called uh, The Mind Blowing, when he had the, the Blonde Dreads or whatever. It was like his um, second I, or third album? Second, third album, yeah. yeah. I guess it was after the Ninja Turtle album or whatever. Right. If, they, if you want to consider that an album that was a motion picture soundtrack right, or whatever right. it was after for that, that movie or, but I, I would consider that's probably his second album the mind blowing record okay it was after third base had this okay so basically we get out there well I don't know what what, what negotiations were set up through through um Rodney, because Rodney was the business person. I actually had no clue. I'm just saying, oh, I get a chance to go out here and 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 write songs with this guy. And I, I'm, you know, I had no clue of the business end of it at all. So I let him handle that. So when we got out there to work, we ended up doing. I would think I wrote about ten songs, maybe even more, uh, to to that record and. What he did was, I wrote a song, he, he would say the words, blah, blah, blah. Rodney would actually, or Rodney would orchestrate everything. Joe would do all the music, do all the beats. So I think 90% of that album was done by Joe Cooley. Although it may not show that in the credits, because like I said, we had nothing to do with the business end of that. The game's fucked Although up like that, man. Credits. <laughs> I was in the studio, and I know how that shit went down. Right. Basically that album was born and obviously certain things and concepts in that record 
I don't think Vanilla Ice would ever have done on his own. I'm not saying that he might not have thought of the concept. I just think at the time he was getting attacked by various sources, but he was getting attacked by third base. Yeah. So and I, I took that personally. So when we got out there, that was my mission to like create shit to at least give him some firepower back. Like, fuck you. I can rap. I will get in that shit, you know, like that type shit, because they were super cocky on that bullshit. Right. So, and I kind of felt like they was just taking, you know, unnecessary shots at the kid. So, um, we wrote the record, man, and um, a lot of things happened, uh, but it was an experience, man. It was an experience. I can't put it this way. I ended up working with Vanilla for 10 years after that, so he must like how I got down. Right, right. And you, so you, you, you wrote a lot of the shit for that record, and you ended up on, um, I don't remember what record it was, but there was a track called Freestyle that, uh, that Freestyle. you were on. Yeah. On, a, on the that. Bipolar album. That was, that was interesting. We, we recorded that record on the West Coast, actually. Um, we ended up um, in Malibu, California. He hits me up and he says, hey, man, you know, I'm going to call you one day here in the next few months, and uh, I don't know, I'm going to send you some tracks right now. Can you write to these tracks? And this was some old, you know, some very metal sounding shit with the beats and shit. But I was like, it still had, it still had a hip hop flavor to it. Right. But it was just art. And I was like, yeah, I could write to this shit. But I'm like, the shit I would write to it. Because at that point, I was really into writing dark shit. So I was like, I, I can write it, but I'm going to be writing some really aggressive shit. So I ended up doing a few songs and I sent them back to him and he was like, okay, I'm gonna be in Malibu, California. I want you to come up. We're gonna record these, blah, blah, blah. And we're sure as hell, he gets there about five, six months later. Uh, Ross Robinson, who's uh, the producer of, of Korn's earlier shit. And um, I think, uh, I think, I know he had something to do with a lot of, lot of that music back in the day. Um, Limp Biscuit type of yeah, a couple of uh, band members from Limp Biscuit. He was definitely fucking with. Uh, Ross Robinson had his hands in everything, pretty much, and he had his hands in this project. And uh, that was that was that was special, dude. Having that guy there, it was weird because we would go there and I'd have to write, looking over, and I was like in this Airbnb, looking over in the ocean. And you see fucking dolphins and whales and shit. And I'm writing to this angry ass music, looking at this serene <laughs> shit. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> right. It was fucking crazy. But then we drive up this hill, like all the way up this crazy ass hill to this cabin. But it was a, it was a, it was a fucking, uh, it was a studio, bro. It was like super crazy. They was serving food up in there. It was, it was pretty damn dope. Lenny Kravitz was up in there. It was, it was pretty fucking dope. I, I just had a lot of pull back then, bro. Had a lot of pull. That record was uh, fun to make. That was a fun to make record. But I actually got four joints on it, and he asked me to come in and freestyle on that on one of the records and shit. So that was my first appearance on one of our ISIS shit, actually. Right. And then uh, you did. Uh, so tell okay, me, yes. yeah. Tell me, tell me about OKS, and then we'll uh, we'll move on. Well, OKS really is where my um, it's funny because uh, my boy shout out to Henry DJ Streak uh, original member from Insane Poetry um, he actually produced this track and um, I wrote to it and I had got flown out to go write some shit for Vanilla Ice had nothing to do with the song at all 
and uh, we had spent a couple days in the studio and he came over to my, my hotel room and I was playing the beat and he was like what the hell, he was just like bouncing his head and I said listen, and I start spitting the rap, I spit, because I had two verses for the shit, so I spit OKS for him, and he was like oh man, shit I gotta have this on my album, I'm like because I had worked with him prior and I known things weren't done the best way business wise, I said I have to be on this record to let people know they won't believe that I fucked with you right, you know, so right. I have to be on this record, and um, so I, I wrote, I, I wrote both verses, but he interpolated the first verse the way he wanted it to fit him, fit his style, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I did the second verse, and then uh, and the rest is history from there. Um, I ended up because of I wasn't really too smart at the business end at the time. I was a little bitter about how it all played out. Right. So reason why henceforth you you hear the version on faith and chaos uh with both my verses on right here it's that's the original record right. untouched right you know outside of maybe uh yeah outside of um master so you know but things change when you learn the business right <laughs> things right change when you learn the business right so um so let's see. But that's how I learned. That's that's a, hey hey. Speaking of that though, I'm gonna tell you. I went to Dallas to go write that and and record that, bro. And we did that. And so Ice was so pl pleased to have the record, right? He said, "Hey, do you know who ICP is?" Straight up. And I'm like, "Yeah, I heard of ICP. You know, I heard of what, what, what year was this? Shit, we lost you for a second there. And then my phone is." Just uh, somebody legalized and called. <laughs> right, right. So anyway, so what? what, what I, he you says, want? "Hey man, ICP, ICP's playing down here downtown Dallas, man. You ain't got shit to do tonight. Let's. You want to go? I'm like, hell yeah, why not? I, I, I had heard about him. So we go, we go backstage. I meet Jay. I see Shaggy. We talk for a brief moment about, you know, I was explaining to him who I was and. And he's like, yeah, I remember you guys was on the, the cover with the straight jackets and shit, right? And I was like, yeah. And so that was a, that was a cool moment. But the, I didn't even know, bro. What, you, what see, year was that? I never heard their music, nothing. But I got to see it from backstage and all the the change and, and everything. And it was in Fago Armageddon. Shit was nuts, bro. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? That shit was crazy. What year was that? That you met them? <sighs> Wow, that's good. that's a good question, bro. That is a good question. <laughs> Trying to keep this history alive, man. Come on, uh, bro. Man, nine two thousand. It had to be in two thousand something, bro. Two either between two thousand and two thousand three, okay. something like that. All right, and. Uh... That's, that's I hadn't I hadn't been to or seen anything or even listened to anything ICP related until Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice is the reason why I even had even heard their music. I knew who they were, but I hadn't heard their music. Wow. So you went to the show, you met them, and um, you got to see the the crazy antics behind the, the scenes and how they put their show together and it's like involved. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a, it was it was a mad respect right off the top. I'm like, oh shit, this is another level of shit right here. Right. It was really dope, really dope. I was, it was, I, I didn't, I, I, I was about 
I was a rapper that came up from a scene where you had to you had to be able to rap to be able to you know get on. You couldn't get they wouldn't even give you love if you couldn't rap. They were on an entertainment level, you know, like on I hadn't seen no shit like that, you know. Right. Like the last thing I seen close to that was like some Run DMC LL Cool J at the at the Long Beach Amphitheater or at the sports arena. Right. You know, it, that was huge shit. This is what I was watching. I'm just backstage of it. I was it was a trip, bro. It definitely was a, a eye opener for me. Yeah, and and you know it makes you when you see when you see that it makes you feel like fuck, man. I can't just walk out on the stage with a microphone anymore. You know, because fuck, no, no. I'm, I'm stale. <laughs> you know, like no, I don't know. Right. Once you once you see once you see that level of uh, you, you know, anyways. Um, so uh, so fate to chaos, uh, falling from grace, and it, you know I don't want to like gloss over everything, but uh, is there anything uh, specific you could tell us about those albums that were? Um, I mean, kind of a different time, you know, uh, different place. Yeah. Um, something that jumps out at you as uh, you know a talking point. Yeah. Okay. Well, definitely. Uh, let's talk about. Let's start with Faith and Chaos. Faith and Chaos to me was a, a record that uh, intrigued. I, I wanted to. I, I backed away from making a record like Grim Reality because some of the re- some of that record, um, a, a few of my what's a person I knew um, was really fond of that record, but he he was really volatile. He got into a scenario with the police and. And things got out a week prior to that that his favorite rap group was us, and you know, and uh, he ended up dying, being shot by the police. But um, I wanted to get away from that energy. But after dealing with certain things I was dealing with, I ended up coming back and doing that record, uh, uh, Faith and Chaos, because I was like, I lived a lot of uh, that that ten years. It was a ten year gap. And I was into, I was into some street shit. It's just, just California was what it, you know. I it just what it was, you know. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I never was gangbanging, but I was around fools that did. So that's just what it was. Right. So it's like once I lost the deals, I'm, you know, and I'm riding with my my dude was a goon. So it's like that's how he operated. We all operated like that. Yeah. We always wrote music. We always was in the lab doing something. But far as having a budget to be seen and heard, it was strictly out of our pocket. We were still trying to fish for a deal. So it was 10 years of all that. So once I got to Faith in Chaos, I was thinking, man, I need to do another record like Grim Reality. But like now, at the time 9-11 had happened, I had had kids. You know, a lot of things in my life changed drastically. So that's why you get the the Coolio song um, and and, and all these different, you know, those type of records and stuff like that. Um Faith and Chaos was a record that actually got Scum to listen to me. Not Grim Reality. Scum's favorite record is, Grim, is Faith and Chaos. That's what brought his attention to me. And um, it's crazy um, how that how that pans out later in the process. And, fall, and Falling from Grace, these records were produced solely by JP. I had made, met JP years prior, and he was working at a, a record, record label store and I was coming in, I was looking for, I think, Alcoholics. I was looking for um, a record there. And then I asked him, did he have any of my records? And he 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 knew where I was or something like that. And we just got to talking. He said he did beats and he had worked with a, with another artist out of Atlanta. 
and uh, and it just, that never panned out. So he was back in California working, and it, and he started sending me beats. Took a long time for us to gel on something, but we started working together. And he's the actual producer behind um, um, behind Faith and Chaos. I might have done I, he he done ninety percent of that outside of uh, Henry outside of DJ Streaks OKS. Uh, that Faith and Chaos was all done by by him and Henry, by him and him and DJ Street. So, and then from there, uh, uh, Falling from Grace was done strictly by, by, uh, <coughs> excuse me, by, uh, by JP the Hustle. So, right. the records and the, the temp, the, the thought, the, the idealism changed. The, you know, the maturity changed, the styles changed, the, the, you know, my concepts was different. I was, I was, I was backing away from certain, certain energies. I was trying to get, uh, you know, I was just, you know, we just evolved, you know. Right. I, I was still trying to. I was, I was reading a lot. I was, I was um, increasing my skill set level, you know. Right. So, and a lot of times, you know, that that's when you're when you're when you're starting from the bottom with no platform, you know, people don't know you have even records out. I I, I still have people to this day on that page, so I, I'm not mad. I I do it because I like to do it. Right. Now you you mentioned uh, Coolio, and I remember uh, watching an interview with you. You talked about uh, how that came about, the track that you did with Coolio. Uh, for the people that haven't seen that, what, can you tell that story real quick? Yeah, man, I was in a studio. I was like, I hadn't been uh, in a in a lab. I, uh, for those who don't know, I mean, I was a fucking alcoholic, like for real, hardcore for years, might a long, long time. And one of the lows I had getting back into music. Uh, shout out to M Boogie for hanging out with me and hanging in there with me at this time. I was really going through one of these depression periods. At that time, I didn't know it was depression. It just was. I, I was drinking a lot and I wasn't doing anything music. My guy, Poison Ivy from KMC, was like, I'm recording all the time, bro. You need to come out here. I'm scooping you up. Uh, I'm going to take you to the studio. I want to, you know, I just want you to hear some shit. Just get in the vibe with me. So we go up to uh, our Studio D out in, um, uh, in the valley, we go and um, it was a place we were we frequently went to, and he played some beats and stuff like that. And, you know, we rocking out. I'm drinking, smoking, and he's like, "Man, I gotta have you on a song, bro. I, just, I got you out here to really record you." I'm like, "Oh shit, all right." But I have I had been staying on my pen because I was going through some shit. I was I was still on my pen, and I had wrote this song over a Jay Z beat, you know, called "Life's a Gamble," and I knew it by heart. I could just spit it right on the spot. And he played this beat and uh, just the song you just played earlier. And yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, and uh, and uh, I was in the studio with my eyes closed, spitting the fucking verse. And sure as hell, when I wake, when I open my eyes, Coolio's knocking on the studio window like, I got a hook for that shit. I got a hook for that shit, my dude. He was, he happened to be next door recording. And, uh, and the dude that was doing the beat knew him. He's like, hey, bro, come just come through real quick. And he came and he heard me spitting. He was like, I don't know who the fuck this dude is, but this is dope. And I, I got a hook right here. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah, go in there. And he went in there, laid this shit down, and it was just all organic, just like that, man. That's so fucking crazy and cool at the same time, man. That, that, is, that is crazy. So that's a mind-blowing story. Like, just you just sit there rocking out. There's Coolio, probably with his braids and shit, just knocking on the glass. Yeah, and... yeah, no, it's real, bro. It's oh, real, my bro. God, it's dude. It was, it, like, it was legit. Fuck was yeah, legit. you could get in that booth, man. Shit. Yeah, it was legit. 
That's dope. Yeah, he was man. feeling it that much. And I was feeling it because the words was real as fuck. You know what I'm saying? I was going through some shit. And that song, it just, the beat, it, it made me spit that verse. And I was like, oh shit, this is perfect. And it, it, it actually got me back into recording even more. Because I was, you know, I was going through it. 9-11 happened, had a kid. I was living with, you know, living in a, in a scenario, didn't think the music was going anywhere. Uh it just it just what it, it, it was it what it, it was what it was at the time i was very depressed actually right. right well i'm glad to see you got out of that man you know oh yeah and, and now, oh. now now you're uh now you're killing it on lsp um but uh so what was after that kind of era man you ended up doing the the the, the album with sutter kane right how did that how did all that come about yes. sutter kane had me at a weird time because i had got you know i really really loved doing that record with with vanilla ice right i love the energy behind it i love working with uh with um uh with um with the producer at the time um i i just love the energy behind that whole how how songs was crafted out of that and i really wanted to i wish i could do it i was like i wonder if i could have got ross robinson to make me a track but I could do my angry, aggressive shit over it, right? right? And I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be dope. You know, that would be dope. But I just said, forget about it. And one, I'm at, at a job site one year, and one of my boys hit me up. He said, man, I need you to check out this dude when you come over to my house. Um, he, he, my man passed away right now. Shout out to him. Um, he's, he's, you know, he brought me over. He was like, listen to this shit, man. This dude is named Sutter Kane. He's like, watch his videos. He's got a lot of crazy shit in his video. And it was like, the music was angry as fuck, but he rapping, but it's all this crazy snuff shit going on in it. Right. right? And we were like, like, oh shit, this is dope. The visual was dope. Right. What he's saying is what he's saying is cool, but his the music sound is what I was really attracted to. Right. But I never thought I'll get, I'd fuck with the dude. Never. Yeah. I never even thought. It wasn't even a thought process. I'm at a job one day. I look at an email and it's, because it, it was back in the MySpace days. Yeah. I hit the, e, uh, hit the email. He's in my inbox saying, hey, man, you know, I like your voice. You know, I'd like to work with you. Do a single. And we did a single. A single ended up turning into an album, you know, and that, that was sort of came. I, it's crazy because we like the same things and I was in a I was in a stage where I was really angry about a lot of shit a lot of shit and he flew me out there We I did uh, a jihad here in Cali and then I flew out to South Carolina to record the rest of the album I knocked out my parts in three days wow oh, that's, wow. <clears throat> that's real shit non-stop on that record that's crazy man Ill-advised, uh, by the way, to, <laughs> to do an album that quick, but damn. Way, way ill-advised. Yeah, but that's the shit, man. Um, that, that album was like uh, kind of more metal and shit, right? Like it had uh, like yes, a, lot of, a lot of guitars and shit. Who played all that shit? Was that him playing that or? No, no, no. He, had, he was looping all that shit, you know, or doing what he was doing with the records. Uh, okay, you so know, manipulating it. You, you know, that's what, that's what made it sound different at that time because I mean him still to this day um, it, it made him it gave him his signature sound because it wasn't guys playing he still kept the hip hop boom he still kept the boom bap right right but he made it super angry and hardcore with hardcore heads 
if you was in the punk, you still could fuck with. If you was a metalhead, you was black metal, you was into that. You could still be into that shit, and he could still give you that angry, aggressive street shit with. That's what his angle was. My shit was on how my shit came. He wasn't expecting. I don't think people expected that out. Really, we never did. He, I did the records, but he crafted how to put them to sequence the shit. So I give him credit for that. That's his idea. I'm never taking that credit for that. He, right. That was his idea sequence in that record, like that. Because right. when I heard it back, I was like, oh, shit, this is something I've never heard. Right. That's the shit, man. So I realize I'm kind of glossing over shit, but, um, you know, that kind of brings us to the LSP era, doesn't it? I mean, am I, am I missing a, a major major point? How did how did everything come about with that? Like you said, uh, Scum started fucking with you in the what, Faith and Chaos days. And, um, yeah. So how did it come to be that you ended up uh, running off with LSP into the sunset and uh, starting MMMFD? Triple uh, MMD, yes. And, uh, yes. Uh, All right. Well, basically, Scum hit hit. I was I was uh, working with some with a, a fleet of artists at the time, and it was they my my homeboys. And shout out to my boy Trey G. That's my brother right there. Um, and Damn It Boy Productions. But we was all the, we all, we had our own thing going on at the time. Uh, Gr- Grim Reality Entertainment. Me, JP, Trey was part of it. Uh, Cisco, um, my boy, um, uh, Cisco, Spark, Lowdown, and uh, um, and <sighs> shit. Another couple other artists too. Um, but the one was the, the the most noticeable one was Freaks. Freaks was the one that actually kind of made everything happen with the LSP thing. Freaks, he was the the talkative one online. Freaks had been on I think horrorcore.com or one of those dot coms. Uh, I think are you with not horrorcore, but what was a Caps site? Uh, Kill, Kill music. music. He was on killmusic.com. Shout out to Cap because Cap was the first one to play my shit. On, on the online like that. Shout out to right. Cap all, all day. Capital he was the one I got people on. Yeah. So he freaks was he was fucking with kill music, and so I guess him and Scum had some kind of dialogue, and Scum was wanting to get insane poetry to his his fest festival in Denver, but my dude freaks kept saying, "No, you got to bring the whole crew." <laughs> he was trying to get the whole crew. Right. So. I'm just said fuck it I'm just gonna hit the guy up directly so he hit me up and me and JP went out there and me and him started a relationship uh, uh, from that moment on we did a song called Generation Axe which are, which was our first song and we did it there and people loved this fucking song they really dig it, dug it but at that time when I when I, when I uh, performed for the first time Frankie Grudge went on before me and his mom had passed away so a lot of people they watched this set you know, he dedicated to his mama. It was, it was, it was like one of the biggest shows I had been able to perform in front of, or to see actually. And once he got off stage, I went on after him, and I had been there for like twelve hours, shaking everybody's hand. Right. And it was like twelve, maybe fifteen people watching me outside of Scum's people. So it was like 30, 40 people there right. watching my set. And I'm like, I didn't care. You know, it was like it, it didn't matter. And Scum was so happy. And that I was there and what I did and I wasn't big headed or nothing like that. I just appreciated the moment. And I, I felt so bad about, you know, the, Frankie's mom and all of that. I didn't even care, bro. It was just like, 
and he saw that I just didn't have an attitude. I wasn't big-headed about it or nothing. He he thought that was cool, so he invited me out for a, a second year. The yeah. second year I had like two or three hundred people watching, yeah. so it was quite different. Yeah, and he did a and he put he pushed that record, Grim Reality, not Grim Reality, but uh, Faith and Chaos. Right. That was his record. He was right. pushing it on those guys, you know, um, songs like uh, Puffing on Angel Dust, uh, right. Diary of a Killer, and all that stuff like that. Speaking, of, I've heard Twit, you know, I, I know personally, Twisted has have shared those records. You know, you know Jamie Madrox especially. So I know those records have uh, actually, you know, affected some people that are that I consider at a higher higher status. Yeah. You know, which is which is all great. So, um, so yeah, so you guys started the relationship, and Scum's. Uh, I mean, Scum's one of the coolest people in this in this genre, man. To be honest with you, like yes, I, I listen to his records, yes, and I'm like. Man, this dude is too nice for this, man. You know, he, he's just got, like, he is just the coolest guy, is, is my point, man. Like, you just, you hear the record, and it's, like, two totally contrast different uh, animals, you know, because... Personalities, uh, yes. Yeah, it, it, it's fucking hilarious to me, because, you know, I, uh, you know, yeah. just sitting at the bar drinking Jaeger bombs with the bullshit, and then, like, you hear his record, and it's like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> this dude, this dude just killing right. shit. Right. Um, right. That's... But uh, but anyway, man. Uh, so how did it come to be that you actually ended up signing with LSP and, uh, and going that route? Well, I mean, you know, Just... I'm gonna say the two biggest things that happened in my life, man, is like crazy. Is is like even I'm, I'm just gonna go back. Um, just in the days I got to perform in front of twenty thousand, doing a record that was on radio. Get ready to roll on Rodney O. It was on. Uh, all over the radio, everywhere, pretty much. Box, right. everything. It, it was cool. It was sudden something that I got to live out then. The LSP thing, I feel like Scum saved my life because I was going through different scenarios. Me and JP was running this record label, and we went, We had a bunch of artists that really didn't know the game. We didn't know the business side of it, So, and they really didn't know, and they really had the exact opposite of what it really was. And so... A lot of our energies, we had to let them go. And then Jay and I weren't on the same, we just weren't on the same page at that time. We weren't at, on the same page at that time. So he decided, I, it was just, it was, here, you do Grim Reality, I'm moving forward. And that was, it just, it was a business decision he thought was the best decision for him and the best decision for me. Right. Well, Scum, at him and Fly, shout out to Fly. He was really the one that had been quoting me from the first time I went like five years prior out there to do that particular show, what I was talking about. Right. Um, Scum had flew, he had brought me out every year since then to that show, and, which is now Gorefest. And pretty much Fly had recruited me that night when I said, you should be on LSP. And at the time, because I, you know, coming from... Uh, uh, nasty mixed records and all those different the west coast had me train a different thought process about shit so yeah. I had to break that culture and thought you know, break that down to actually see what he what he was saying and, and at the time scum wasn't as stable even then yeah. so five years later the opportunity sounded a lot better scum had different supporters involved and it was more it was more greed or, upon as it would be beneficial to bring Psycho on, bring IP on, and so and that's that's when it happened. 2010, December 2010 was the was the day my second career happened. 
2010. That's that's crazy, man. Time flies, bro. <laughs> like it's, it's you, just, you just get lost in that shit. But um, that's crazy, man. Um, so you did. How many albums have you put out on LSP now? Uh, not including okay. Let's Creative Destruction is a is a mixtape. Violent Art is a EP. Is a is, is an EP with uh, just more tour songs. Um, the best of Insane Poetry has a, a myriad of different songs throughout the history. Um, and we have, I would say, Snuff Reels, which is really the the, the latest one. Last year came out. That's right. it's one of my favorite records, actually. It's yeah. one of my favorite. The mood of the record, even the start of the record, we are not the same. Pretty much tells tells you where I'm at right now in in the in the game, far as musically or in the, in the in the horrorcore lane or whatever they call that. that. That song sets that record off pretty much to me. I really love that record. But that's those records solo, and then I have actually three records under the triple MFD: um, Random Acts of Violence with Scum. Uh, unsubs two years ago, uh, and this current record, the Butcher Brothers, and that's all. And then one, oh my bad, uh, oh. Uh, one record with uh, JP the Hustler. Actually, shout out to JP who just dropped his new album, The Return of the Mad Scientist. Our record, Team Guillotine. We just dropped our first record of that record, also. So it's like, uh, what is that? Like forty records you just named off in the last eight years. <laughs> <laughs> like holy uh, shit, bro! Like you've been busy. Yeah, you know what though? As I was saying before, I was an alcoholic, bro. So I've been with the label for a long time, and they put up with a lot, you know, of my shenanigans. Yeah, and, you know, I had to stop that shit 16 months ago, bro. Yeah. It was like it got to the point to where it just wasn't, it, you know, it, you don't want to leave legacies back there. Oh, that was that. That was that guy. Right. And and I realized how much time and, pro- and not being productive that that cost me so now i'm so productive that it just like is really to to get me out of this state is i don't think anybody can because life and everything's taught me i've made a lot of sacrifices you you should go in 100 you got the life has given you or offered you another opportunity this scum has put you in these opportunistic uh parts me being here tonight with you on Magic Ninja Entertainment, being a, being able to go on that twisted tour, to see it from that angle, to be able to rock on that magnitude. Me and him talked about this two years ago during our butcher, bro, not or during our unsubs run. Like, right, dude, we're blowing people's ears and minds and and visuals even at this stage, right. and people don't even know who the fuck we are. Not the ones that came to see us, the people who didn't know who we are, and they saw us because they saw the energy, and it, I feel like it's punk rock to a different level. You know, yeah, like, and yeah. so every, we, I knew if we had that opportunity to, to expose that to a, a bigger audience, it's what happened. It's what happened. We were very successful about, with this tour. And thanks to Magic Ninja yeah. and Scum for working that out. You know, that's, hey, man, that, I, I owe Scum my second career. That's the Russian. Right, right. <laughs> the Russian. You know, straight right. up. For sure. So, um, You've got a lot of shit coming up, and uh, 
we're going to talk about that in the in the next uh, the next half. I think what we should do now on that note is take a little break. That way, you got to take a leak or something. You can go do that. Uh, we're going to play. You gave me you gave me two more videos to play. I'm going to spin those real quick. Then we'll come back. We'll talk about what you got coming up and the future of insane poetry. And uh, yeah, we'll just keep it moving, man. Uh, we got we got another. We we, we got time. We can, we can keep kicking it. You know. Uh, there's, there's, there's so much to talk about, man. You like you just, yeah, man. There's just so much history. I mean, we couldn't even really cover it all in, 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 in two oh, hours. Man, I know. I was like, I was thinking. I totally forgot about this other shit, man. I'm like, I, I, I really look back and I'm like, fuck. I did a twenty, a twenty thousand seater, and these people knew the fucking record, man. It was that was crazy. I don't think I'd ever get to that level ever again to see that shit. So I always got that under my belt. But I remember doing Carl's Tavern. Shout out to my man Davis Bird at Carl's Tavern, dude. It was like all packed in. It was turned up. It was wow. three in the morning. We all on the fucking bar counter killing it. And man, I can't even give up. With, it was just so fucking dope, man. See, that's the, I think that was another. The energy I got from doing 20,000 was kind of like the same energy I got from doing that little intimate thing, man. Yeah. It's like, it was just crazy, bro. Crazy. It was just that fucking lie. And I've had the greatest experiences doing this music shit and being able to to get to get out, you know, out and at this stage in my life. And then shout out, like I said, back to the Russian. Shout out to Scum, you know. Shout out to... Uh, Lynch too, man. The right hand of the king. That's what we call it, man. We try to take over Westeros. This is right. LSP. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Are you doing For a real. damn good job, man. I mean, realistically, nobody's fucking with it, you know. That's that's real talk. Well, you know, we, hey, hey, you know, some people don't like it, man. You know, and they have negative things to say, but you know, that doesn't stop what we do. Grind, man, grind. All right, man. Well, look, I'm gonna play these tracks and uh, if, hang tight. You, you won't be able to. Um, your mic's yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to do, you know, do that and uh, I'll come back. I can, I, I, you know, just bring me back on when you need to. Okay. All right, man. We'll talk to you in a minute. And we're back on Wicked 101. And uh, I believe, I believe we still got my man Psycho in the building. Let's see here. What up, man? What up? And we're back, man. Uh, so let's talk about the future, man. We've, uh, we've talked about the past and then some, so, uh. I also open up the phone lines in case anybody wants to call in, kick it with us. The number seven three four four three zero zero five four nine, and um, yeah, man, it's it's, it's just getting real. So uh, if you want to call in, you got yes, some sir, questions yes. for Psycho. Uh, you just want to kick it with us for a couple minutes, uh, you know, hit us up. So um, so up. you've got uh, you got some cool shit coming up, man. Uh, you're getting ready to go out on tour with. Um, the, the Magic Ninja homies, right? Yes, sir. You want to uh, talk you about? Know, I, got, uh, I got the ad for that. Axis uh, family. You give me one second here. I got the ad for that. Um, uh, oop, uh, give me one second, sir. One second. Fuck. I'm trying to do too much shit at once. You know. Uh, let's see here. Here we go. Axis Family Tour. Uh, that's gonna have you're still uh, your mic is still on. Um, Axis Family Tour 2019. Axmmmmmfd. Yes, what sir. can you tell us, man? It, when, when does this start? I don't, I don't think they've released any dates yet. Well, what's going on? We don't have any dates listed yet. Uh, Scum is actually the one uh, booking this. Is um, with obviously uh, 
the axis represented in all forms in all three groups differently. Um, A and B, Axe Murder Boys, obviously AXC, Ala Zui Lu. Shout out to all those those brothers right there, Young Wicked, Bones, Lee Carver, Joe Black, Billy Obey. And we have our own circle saw and axe. We got our own thing. It's only natural that that came together as uh, the Axis family. They just dropped a new video. Uh, y'all should check that out too if you definitely. So um, it's good to uh, have that going on, man. They represent horrorcore like the right way. Um, they actually, it's like it took time. Like I've always liked the lyrical essence of it. And they brought Magic Ninja, found, it found a way to bring that to the forefront of this, you know, the modern era of this underground hip hop. And I'm so glad they, you know, they, the acts is that representative of that. And I get to rock with them like that too. So that's, that's so dope. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Uh, when do you think that's going to kick off? I know you got dates yet, but I, 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 I could say, bro, um, you know, um, second week of February, not, not, you know, I wouldn't say too much longer than that. Okay, sweet. I'm not. Um, that's definitely uh, something that Scum is, you know, diligently working on for real. But uh, shout out to him. And he's they're at Bury the Living tonight. Shout out to him and Damien and Ouija Mac and all them out there doing their thing. They, they're having a good, you know, they're doing their thing out there. So I, I just want everybody to be safe, have a good time, and all that stuff like that. But uh, he's orchestrating all this stuff. So I had to give a. Shout out to everybody that's working out there tonight. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of different people. Uh, four or five records. Uh, DRP. They all working. Everybody working. It's like underground is busy, buzzing right now. Yeah, I asked Scum. I was like, Scum, man, you should call in. And he's like, Man, I'm, I got, I got my own shit going on, you know. So uh, he's like, I'll try, but you know, everybody's working. Everybody's busy, man. Shit. But uh, uh, that Axis uh, Family tour is gonna be really dope, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check that one out if you come through the uh, through Michigan. I'm sure you are too. Uh, I, I think we are. I, I think we. I'm. I'm sure of that. I know we're coming through through Michigan. Okay. Yeah. I, I, man. Not not to get off topic, but man, I seen Axe killing it last night at Twistmas, and uh, them bo- them boys are something I caught else. A little video. Yeah. Them boys are I, something I else. I caught a little video too. Yeah. So that that'll be that'll be super dope. Uh, what else you got going on, man? You uh, you got some new shit you're working on with Triple uh, MFD, or are you uh, you doing insane poetry? Like, what's next? All. The- all the above. Okay, right now, um, far as Triple MFD, we're doing an extended EP, a couple of different songs, actually, you know, uh, to include with the B- Butcher Brothers for this upcoming tour. Uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna add a song. I'm gonna add a song. We're gonna we got already two or three songs done right now that are just they we wanted to put them on this album, but it's like, well, it's good because they're fucking hot anyway. So we'll put them on this little this this little EP going along with. With, with the tour and everything to help promote the Butcher Brother album even more. So I got that going on. I got a solo thing I'm going on called uh, Wicked Calligraphy. It's actually Violent Art Part 2. Um, actually, it's going to be a 10-song a album. Now, it won't be like six or nine. It's going to be a 10-song album. So, and uh, that is grimy as fuck because <laughs> my song Crawl Space Part 2 already is animal as fuck. I'm really loving the direction this record is going. The Wicked Calligraphy is all through my, you know, you can see the the book that's pretty much Edgar Allan Poe-ish with my own, my little twist to it, you know, and uh, I feel like I found my little energy ball for solo records. And uh, that's what that's what I'm doing for me. 
And then um, actually, I've got Team Guillotine, so I'm working on another project with uh, with JP the Hustler. So we got we're trying to push get this Team Guillotine. Team Guillotine gives me more of a I can be super lyrical on that. I just I I, I don't really adhere to. I have to be so to the left or I, I could just get really cerebral with it so I, I definitely like the team guillotine shit also so I'll be we're working on some upcoming stuff like that right now and he's got don't forget he's got a new record out right now um, uh, Return of the Mad Scientist just dropped be sure to check that out I, I dig the song my music on that loop of fame remix is my shit it's hip hop to the fullest very dope and he really is just keeping it 100 in it too Shout out to JP. For sure. Yes. Now, the uh, all these records that we're talking about tonight, um, we, we, we can get them at Gorehop, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Gorehopshop.com. Look, we got a caller, man. Let's uh, let's see what's going on. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Josh from Bakersfield. Oh, Josh. What's up, man? Let's go. What's going on, bro? Josh, Billy. Yes, sir. What's 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 shaking out? You watching the show? I, I, you're in Vegas, aren't you? I am not. I am uh, just ran right up to my room in Vegas just to uh, call in. Say what's up, Drew. Uh, what that, up, Josh? What is going on, bros? That's the shit. Longtime supporter of both of us, uh, Josh Philly. Yes. <laughs> so what? Josh Philly, man. So so what do you what do you want to talk about, Josh? There's got to be uh, something on your mind. I know you, you haven't seen the show because you out you out. Uh, Stacking them chips, but uh, what's uh, what's going on? I mean, Steve, uh, <laughs> sorry, brother. Um, there's not much to say, but uh, just a shout out to Drew. Just say, man, you got you just killing it out there in Denver right now, brother. Just killing it. Thank That's you, bro. And that new album. I can't even ride your new car, brother. Just say you killed it. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother, man. Hey. Hey, no, hey, it was a no alcohol diet, bro. It was like real shit. It was all organic, bro. It was like once I stopped I, drinking, all the creative shit started happening. That's how, you know, the Butcher Brothers, the energy from that, for me, for me and Scum, man, it was like I just was in a zone. He was in a zone. It was, it, it worked really together. Right? We knew, we knew after we did the second song, which was Death on a Meat Hook, we knew after that we had a good record already. But it was crazy. Death on Meat Hook was pretty much that that like the killer killer uh, song from that. But the um the production from the whole album to me is what did it. Like you guys, I, I don't know. There there was something special about. Uh, I don't even know what you guys changed up besides you know you guys got met Bad Mind back on the uh, the production on it, but. Uh, it, there was just something that clicked, something special, special about this album. That um, to me, I mean, not saying anything bad about the the first two albums, but that third album was something else, man. It just, it just sounded like something clicked, Drew. Something clicked. Right, yeah, I, I fully agree with you, bro. I fully agree with you, bro. Um, you know, and and coming from the, the the standpoint where we were at the nucleus of it. It, I knew it, man. It just—I could feel something different with the record. I could feel something different. The the, the production we chose, the the people we used for production, they were on top notch shit. Bad Mind was on his game, bro. I'm like, 
He had better totally. shit that he gave away <laughs> that he had, you know, he had gave to other, you know, obviously AXE. Yeah, you know, he had fire shit, period. You know, so it was it was good to be able to get the, the, the few we got. But the ones he gave us, man, like they was just energy to the pot. And that's what I felt like our shit was like that and that energy that I, I, I'm like, dude, this is like the music is presentable at the same time and very controlled aggression. It's a really good record. I really I mean, from the production level, just even that. Well, I mean, I just, just production grabbed what you guys were writing. There was something special there. I just say it, it just seemed to like mesh very well. Because I mean, not saying anything bad on the the past two albums, but it just seemed like there was something extra there. You know, like uh, I I didn't even know what to call it. Like just uh, there's just better production. There's no hate, bro. It's better production. I mean. <laughs> That's what I've been trying to tell people for the longest, man. Well, Coming from the West Coast, <laughs> yeah, we're used to it, that, like, we're used to that type of shit. So it's like when yeah. you're coming and people are making music off of, off of, you know, back in the day, they didn't have a way to know how to make their music stand out. Or I don't know, man. It was just like a lot of dudes was doing shit at home, and I just felt like I wasn't getting what, what I've been itching to get, and finally. You know, from snuff reels, actually, from snuff reels to well, you know, obviously, actually, shit, but snuff reels to me, the new shit and uh, that production up until the Butcher Brothers is like that's the production I've been wanting to rap over for the longest. Actually, you know, brother, to uh, to go back a little bit, um, snuff reels, you you had done told me at one point, uh, you know, the version you had done with uh. Kane, you said, man, this is some of the hardest stuff you had ever done at one point, right? And uh, yeah, it was. So you say again? Yeah, it was at that oh, time. Uh, yeah. So what I was saying, the, the stuff that you had done at one point, and then you went and redid and re-released, really hard, really awesome, awesome album, right? So yeah. why did you feel that you needed to redo that album, though, man? I initially wanted to do a hip hop version of it regardless even right after we finished that record I wanted to do a hip hop version of it and because I knew first of all there was going to be certain people that liked me that wasn't going to feel that style of music so I wanted right. to have a version right. that they could respect because I, I, like I said I, I was searching for that angle I've been searching for that angle for all my whole career till I just said fuck it I'm stop. I'm just gonna write and do what the fuck I like to do and if you fuck with me you fuck with me that's when I started feeling like people started fucking with me when I stopped giving a fuck about what everybody else thought I should do I mean that's you know I, I think that, that's that, why that, the record sounded what they sound that's you got to, you got to do that. You know what I mean. You got to stop. You can't you can't worry about everybody else because you'll you'll never make a record if you you know you because nah. you be, you, be you you'll make a record but you might make you might make something that you regret making. It's like damn I, I, you know I'm sure there's the every artist has records they like. God damn I did I really make that shit? You know you 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 have those records. You know it's just you do. Those are supposed to be left on a cutting room room floor, but you know because we we. We admire our shit so much that we're not good critics of our shit, or we're over criticize our shit. So it's either you know, it's finding being an artist is really trying to find a the middle ground. I guess a good a good middle ground, a good balance, man. Like, 
Mace Windu. You know, definitely grew. Uh, you found that middle ground between those two albums because uh, you pretty much did a remix of that first album, and both albums are hard as shit, and they're awesome, man. Too, definitely awesome. <laughs> Drew's got that voice that just cuts through the mix, man. Like, it just has that... uh, Totally. There's this element that it just cuts through and, like, splits your face open. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. It's ruthless. Ruthless. Both albums. There's there's nobody... Well, I appreciate it, but, you know, I give all credit. I give credit to Sutter Kane, bro. He he actually... The idealism... Because, we, you know, he we put the records... When we did the first one in 2008... He, his record, his idea for the records was crafted by him. The sequence of that album, that was his 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 idealism. He 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 came from the standpoint of the record had like a guy confessing his sins, you know, and and I was kind of like doing that shit in the record. If you hear the personality in the records, because the some of the records I I did in there, I was I mean it was just a lot of real shit being spoken in that in that that album, but. That's totally that true, moral, too. I, I felt that, that he, um, he provided he the from canvas, a concept, and you definitely painted it all over different it. From my, different from my concept. My concept was more different. My concept was, uh, on the newer one, was like, I wanted to do a hip-hop version, but I was already in a different character. I was like, okay, that's his shit. I'm, I've created this character that, uh, that the excerpts, the movie excerpts came from was a, a real person. And it's like, I'm like, all right, if I'm gonna do this 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 album, and it's gonna be a make of this first record, I can't. It has to be my own vision of it. So that's why some of the 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 movie clips or something like that they were very they were graphic as fuck, you know. So they fit the turn. They they fit the record. It was really I was just placing the songs in there because I thought the production brought out. The and they, they definitely this, they uh, they complimented every song too because it was a, a song or after like every interlude came within like two songs or so and uh yeah. they killed it <laughs> they really killed it drew <laughs> yeah, it was well, different it was i don't different. even know how to compliment you even more on that album because that album was awesome man um well the other question i i may have is uh what's next brother i mean you just you just put out butcher brothers with uh scum and that album was like I said, like I just said, I came on tops. That album's killer. We we were just talking well, about what's next. next. You should you should have been tuned oh, in, oh. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, we just we spoke about I'm we not, spoke I, about that, brother. You know, Drew, but, I'm in but Vegas, it, the keeper, the you keeper real though, Josh, man, I, I'm working on a lot of things, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'll be you'll be seeing singles dropping. Um, Crawl Space Two with with Scum. He's gonna he's gonna make an appearance on this record. Um. I just gave a little sample of it. I'm going to do it again because I want to make sure the speakers are set up so people can hear the sonics of that record. When you hear it the right way, it's really dope. Um, I'm about to probably in in two days, I'm doing a shout out to Carnival Spirits. I got a a verse with him. Shout out to my dudes, Riffic. Riffic Dojo down there in Houston. I'm doing a collab with him. We, We all working and stuff like that. So it's like... I'm in here well, no as long stopped. as I'm never in here in studio, I'm working. I'm working on something. I mix, I master, and I work, I continue to work. <laughs> I'll be in here with Hex That's tomorrow. My boy. So yeah, I, I continue, <laughs> I'm continually working. Well, yes, sir. Shit, man. yes, sir. Well, Josh, man, thank you so much for calling in. Uh appreciate it. Hey, you, hey you... bro, shout out. 
he's he's been uh, he's been a longtime supporter of both of us, man. So uh, I pre- I appreciate that, man. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna Drew, wrap- I'll see you sooner or later, rather than later. And uh, see, brother, I love you. I love you too, man. Thank oh, you. See you, brother. Yeah, love you too, bro. Hey, no doubt. Go make some money, bro. Right. Go get that bread. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> and then, and then you know it, man. You see me down here. And then For real. Love you. Then split it yeah, with us. Night, All right, peace. Yep. All right, bro. Well, that was the shit. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, Josh is Josh is cool as fuck, man. So um, Josh is cool as fuck. Yeah, he, he's. He, I know he's been a longtime supporter of both of us. Uh, so that, that's really cool that he called in, man. Um, so what else? Uh, I drove to his house. I remember I drove to his house one time. And he was in Bakersfield. My uh, my one of my dudes that was in our in our group at the time, uh, uh, Spark. He's my cousin actually. I was going up to his house, and I go and 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 he lives out there in Bakersfield. So he came to the house, and I spit one of the songs, a cappella. It was uh it was um 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 uh sacred geometry. That's the name of the joint. Sacred geometry. I spit it to him live and he always thought that was dope shit. So it was one of he was all he's been a supporter, him and Ben Stockwell. Oh, Shout out sure. to Ben too. For sure. Yeah, a lot of good people out there, man. A lot of good people. Those out names there. are synonymous with horrorcore.com and uh, you know, uh yeah. and yeah. just all that shit back in the day. Because they've been around that long, you know. Yeah. We need fans like that, man. We need we need a lot of them. Yeah, no, no, no. Real shit. Because, you know, hey, you know, the, the game, the game is changing on everybody, bro. And it's like, it's, it, you know, I'm just our mission at LSP is to unite the underground I, I, by any means necessary, you know. So we're, you know, sacrificing certain avenues or certain um, levels of it. We know what content is comes with LSP's music, you know. We know that some of the stuff that people are going to associate that with and they're going to be defensive on it. And so what? You know, it is what it is, man. You know, the, the bottom line is we represent the underground and the freedom to be able to do it. So and that's what's up right there. And and the shows like Such As Yourself gives us an opportunity to even, you know, get it to higher platforms. So shout out to, you know, to Magic Ninja for even, a, you know, having you have a, being able to have a show and having having a guy like me on it. You know what I mean? Look, so man. I, I really appreciate Look, look, man, George, George, George hit me up about doing this, and uh, he, I was like, you know, if I do it, I, I don't, I don't want it to be, you know, all Magic Ninja all day. I want to, I want to, I want to represent the underground and, and show off some talent that maybe people haven't seen yet, you know, and, and still bring in Magic Ninja, you know. Just I want to, I want to, I'm gonna show love to everybody that's killing it out here, and you're killing it out here right. more than anybody. Uh, uh, that I can name, you know, just as much as anybody. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to give you some shine time, man. And, and like I said, George was like, no, nah, man, you know, we, we want you to do your show the way you want to do it. So, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, man. You know, and, and, and you know what, bro, even though this is a short amount of time, you know, we're trying to get a story together you, to autobiograph or to, to biographize right. my career and lifestyle and right. life at this shit. You know, I obviously, I've been doing it for quite a long time, um, but you know to have the opportunity to do it on here it, to this to this level is is really cool though. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna even front, man. But like I said, man, I'm just keep I, I keep my my mind moving forward, and I'll let it, 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 and the gems just keep dropping, and right. people appreciate it till it's to the wall tells me you can't do it no more. Right now, I can keep doing it, so I'm gonna keep working. You know what I mean? It's, it's just something that is allowing me way more opportunities that's bringing in a lot more different uh, other opportunities that's, you know, 
is bringing a bringing up the respect too. So I, 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 it's it's all good right now. So look, man, I got I got I got to uh, before we before we sign off here, I got to announce uh, my next show, uh, my next guest. Okay. Give me a minute to do that okay. real quick. Uh, it's a big one, so I'm gonna take you off the screen for a second, and uh, I'm gonna bring okay. it in, show everybody what's going on. This month, All right. we got my homie Anybody Killer coming to Wicked 101. He's actually gonna be in the abandoned Third. school, uh, not live via Skype. He's gonna actually be sitting right next to, to this motherfucker right here in the school, and uh, we're gonna dive into his history. We're gonna talk about the tour he's got coming up. And uh, it's going to be super fucking fresh, man. So uh, look out for that. It's only a couple weeks away. Um, Psycho, I'm going to bring you back. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, that's. I just wanted to Shout I, out I to just wanted to plug that real quick. Shout out to Killer. Killer's the man, dude. Hey, I told him I'd get him I, I the like, Bud Light. Hey, before we get on, I just want to shout out my squad. All the L's up. I'm going to start with my peoples. I got to get him the love because they, if it wasn't for them I wouldn't be you know being able to do what I'm doing right now I gotta give, give it up to my big brother Lynch shout out to Lynch shout out to Fiasco shout out to Fly uh, the big the Gore the Gore himself Scum Damian Quinn Smalls One Black Widow Hex Rated check out Hex Rated's new album Rotten just dropped you know, very good album a lot of good records came out this year Hex dropped a really good album JP The Hustlers New album is out right now. Return of the Ma- uh, Mad Scientist, Razor, D4T. They're working on an album right now. True Killer and, and, and uh, Fiasco. They're working on some new projects. Shout out to Bori. You know, you know about the Triple MFD scenario on Team Guillotine. We got Black Christmas coming up here this weekend. This coming up weekend, uh, Black Christmas. So everybody coming out, definitely be safe. Come get you, you know, come fuck with us early. Uh, Defect was telling you about the tour we got coming up with Axe Murder Boys and um, um, AXE, Alazui Lu with us, uh, the Axis Family Tour, uh, sponsored by L- uh, Magic Ninja Entertainment. LSP is involved in it. To you know, you see how we're doing it. We're we're working with that that scenario. We're we're, we're very happy to be in in the scenario to be to be visual to some people right now. So it's 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 very hard for some of the guys out here that's been doing this for a long time to understand i'm gonna tell you right now stop trying to entertain other rappers and do it for your fans because right. the rappers aren't buying shit and make it for, make, and make it for yourself you know what i mean yeah uh, you got, you got too many rappers care about what the next rapper is saying man and i really don't give two fucks if i you like me or not how much i'm doing what i'm doing if your numbers are bigger than mine or smaller than mine all that shit equates to me is what you, what I can charge or what you can charge net worth anyway and all that. And if you're not about the science of that part of the game, you know, it's it's a hobby for you. Uh, what we're doing is really doing it. And that's and that's why I feel like some artists hate because they want to do that. And then when you give them a little taste of it, they don't have the intestinal fortitude to deal with the shit because this shit is real. <laughs> it's yeah. really not. It, it, it is. It really takes a different kind of animal to do this shit. It's a, you know, me, me and Scum talked about that a little bit when he was on the show. Uh, just that that step away from, uh, you know, having a day job and, and just doing it full time all day, every day, you know, that that grind and uh, and it becomes less of a well, I'll get to that when I when I when I get to it, too. I need to go make a motherfucking record, you know. Uh, we kind of right, talk, right. talked you about that. You can't get to it when you get to it. You got to consistently be doing this shit. It's really hard to 
to you know the game has changed so much you have to be so visual now and you have to have so much the music is actually is playing like last place because you have to do so many other things to keep people interested i mean the difference with our label than other labels is that we're a market that have have our fans and we're able to tour you know a lot of people focus in on the music more and we focus in on the presentation with the music and the delivery and the performance it's all in one package it's right. not just saying oh i'm trying to be the dopest lyricist but yeah you can be the dopest lyricist and don't have a really good shirt or don't have a really good presence or don't really know how to rock the mic and you yeah. just expect people to jock you that's a different we're not that label that's going to be able to give you the budget to say we're going to work your song and it's just going to be hot and you can sit at home and do all that that's not really how it works out here we don't have that kind of uh, budget to push those kind of artists what we will do is push artists that are really trying to get out here and doing it like we are we on the fucking grit that's the real shit we trying right. to take over westeros my nigga for real <laughs> westeros for real I, I feel you i feel you man i feel you you guys are out here doing it man so uh much love for that and look man thank you for doing this man i, I really appreciate it yes, sir. and uh yes, sir. i know i know it was two hours you, of your night uh but uh, i can't wait to see what uh what comes next for insane poetry man so uh with that yes. man uh you got anything else you want to you want to say before we sign off man no, no everything shout out to the shout out to the underground scene that's all i want to say shout out to the motherfucking underground scene no matter which way you come from juggalos who accepted me for a long time ago i got some real 17 percenters that are real fuck with me really hard I, I fuck with a lot of people that fuck with this music on the underground because they love the level of it not a, it's it's a it's a different kind of format and energy that people can love it and, and, and that don't know each other can vibe one off of music and have a good time and stuff like that and really have and really just get together man i wish that still could be the same scenario now but we know we got to keep pushing the agenda i'm in it not to i don't care about being the top breed art I, i'll never i'm not it's not that's i guess that's never been the case i'm just here to to make sure the underground that's why i'm glad axe is on here because they making fools get with the lit you gotta you can't just Step say some up. horror shit or some horror rap and people are supposed to say you dope because you're doing it no you better put some bars together you, right, you, right. make that shit dope so yeah. it's like i'm glad that kind of hip-hop is is landed in this background right now so and and it, 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 yeah i'm just i'm shout out to everybody doing this shit for real and shout out to all the supporters out there that supporting our establishments all across each brand that's all and every all of all the brothers that's struggling out there i still i'm still seeing y'all fuck with me that's what i'm saying fuck with me. all right man well with that again thank you so much man i'm gonna play one more track to sign us out here uh it's, been, it's been an honor man so uh keep grinding man i'm watching yes sir so uh, take care brother peace out so with that man peace out shout out to you donnie chucky chuck d gal yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right have a good night y'all